You're listening to Break the Cycles, where we talk all things motorcycles and speak to ordinary people doing extraordinary things on two wheels. Welcome to Break the Cycle. My name is Jan, and I am joined by my co-host, Farida. And we are joined by Doodle on a motorcycle today. And Doodle is a um, YouTube influencer, and she started uh, on the YouTube documenting her journey learning to ride from the day she got her, her very first bike. It has since turned into the most fun business she could ever imagine to be part of. Now she makes motorcycle content online hoping to be a source of inspiration for your own riding journey, knowledge when you need bike gear review, and your internet moto friend when you just need to get away from it all. (laughs) This sounds so long when I hear someone else read it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Doodle, welcome to the show. And that last part is so true. I was looking for short girl ride tips and you popped up and we became instagram friends and i had another short rider support me except at the time she was like raising her bike and i'm like no girl (laughs) 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 well doodle uh, since i can relate to the short riding part i would say the struggle is real i want to hear from you what got you started as like oh my god i i'm short this is a problem like what was that first challenge I would say probably when when I started shopping for bikes outside of my first bike. So my very first bike was a Suzuki S40 Boulevard, a 650cc one-cylinder cruiser. Very low to the ground, no issues there. But then I rode a friend's Triumph Street Triple R. That's when I decided, oh, you know what? I think I do want a little more power. I realized, though, when test riding things of a little more power... Um, Because I didn't want to go cruiser. I I was unsure. But um, everything I was tiptoeing on. And whenever I'm tiptoeing, I'm clumsy and I drop things a lot. And it's very embarrassing. So that was when I first noticed it. But I I figured I could just lower my bike and I would be fine. So that's what I did. I ended up getting a Triumph Street Triple R and lowering it. And I I had both feet flat on the ground. And then... I had a very embarrassing couple of days in front of a lot of people on the Triumph Immersion event. So Mm -hmm. it was um, basically Triumph invited like 40, I want to say, of of us influencers, moto content creators, all uh, journalists, just a, a wide variety of people in some shape or form create content online and ride motorcycles. I dropped two bikes. Because I just was not used to, I know it was so embarrassing. <laughs> I don't know if, if the people listening can see your faces right now, but they both like their eyebrows raised. No, not <laughs> in my case. I'm like, wait, I'm that's not bad. I would have dropped it 10 times. The better question is, which two bikes did you drop? <laughs> I dropped the Rocket, the Rocket 3. Oh, it's um, huge. It is, it is. And I, yeah, it's, it's a massive bike. <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's a big bike. And the... Oh, let me think. And the Thruxton. The Thruxton. Mm, yeah, the Triumph yeah. Thruxton. Hey, it's tall for me. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Ro- the, the rocket, I can understand totally. That's a, that, Yun yeah. has no empath- empathy for my, my Thruxton struggle. <laughs> All people do not get the struggle. 
They don't. Farida understands. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I dropped both of those in front of all of these people that I have been following and watching online and uh, and the Triumph staff. And I, I was like, they're never going to invite me to anything again. My, I'm, I'm ruined. This is the end of me. Um, <laughs> but I noticed that other girls that were my height or shorter had no problems on way taller bikes. And I realized that some of them had dirt experience and they were putting one foot down instead of both feet tiptoeing. And um, that's it. That's literally all it took. And once I started doing that, I was able to ride taller bikes. And uh, and I stopped dropping bikes when I was standing from left to right. And it, it was it's pretty simple. Like, I mean, with within like 15 minutes of just practicing that in a parking lot, so I got used to it, mm-hmm. I, I was able to do it. I kept doing it over like several days, <laughs> probably actually a couple of weeks, just practicing in a parking lot. I didn't trust myself, but in hindsight, I realized I I was fine. I I never I didn't even come close to dropping the bike when I was just practicing one foot down. That's my new thing is one foot down on taller bikes. Yeah, that's actually that's actually a very good point about people that ride uh, dirt because most of the dirt bikes in the dual sport. I mean, even my dual sport, I can't I can't put both feet down at the traffic light. It's always only one. It'll be quite a struggle. To, I mean, I'll barely be able to put it down, but it's not even a thing to put both both feet down. Yeah, I learned that. I learned that lesson. The hard way, the public way as well. So is that when, so this is the event that after you decided I'm just, that's it, no more lowering my bikes, I'm going to. Yes, exactly. Challenge, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, I I made myself raise my bike. Uh, I I said that very odd. (laughs) I decided to get my bike raised back to stock height so that I could get used to having a bike that wasn't low anymore. So I wouldn't have those issues whenever, if I ever did go to another press event or test rides like that. I don't know if we mentioned this in the beginning, but how tall are you? I am five, 3.75 inches. Oh, okay. Oh, you probably, you probably want centimeters too, don't you? (laughs) Okay. So centimeters, 161.93 centimeters. Um, So not super short, but you're a teeny bit taller than me. Oh yeah, so I'm not super super short. The fact I think the fact that I want to ride taller bikes and uh, higher CC bikes, I, I need all those short rider trip, short rider tricks. Absolutely, absolutely, and I guess that's what you're saying. You went to this event and you felt very limited. While when you're on your bike, you could do anything and you're confident. You decided to challenge yourself and take that home and raise the bike. I was like. I saw that. I was like, I don't know if I would have done that voluntarily. <laughs> Even though I do have a bit of a Jocelyn Snow craze. And I was like, oh, one day I can do that. She's <laughs> super inspiring. So how long have you been riding? Um, five years now. And you're still on your Triumph? I am. Yes, I've had that for the past three years. I love that bike. I have, I've, be, I've beat it up so badly, but I don't even see myself changing. I, I love it. I mean, maybe I'll, I don't know, paint it someday or have it painted. But yeah, I just, it's my favorite engine I've ever ridden. Oh, the triple is, the triple is fantastic. It's so smooth. It's like riding like those Japanese electric trains that don't touch anything. Yeah. Or magnetic trains. <laughs> That's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the smoothest revving engines. Out. And, and the way they tune it, it's fantastic. Have you... I, I thought that um, usually people around six one feel kind of cramped on this stri- Triumph Street Triple R. Have you ever sat on on one by chance? Yeah, I've ridden it. 
I written it. Yeah, what did you think? It's okay for me. The the saving grace for me is because I'm long on the torso, low on the legs. So if my legs are really long, I would feel really cramped, but it's not. It's still relatively small. I mean, it, I, I would say that it's it's similar to like my Ducati Monster 800 that I had. I just kind of feel like I'm like hulking over the bike. It just feels like the bike is really small and I'm like hulking over it. So yeah, I had that feeling on a Honda Grom. Yeah, exactly. That, that, exactly. That, that's the kind of feeling that I have when I'm on it. When she said I had the feeling, I was like, yay, what, what did you feel like that on? And then she was like a grom. My mom, yep, that's the only bike. <laughs> I mean, you could do like pit bikes and like the one that um, Jackie had as well. I mean, those, those are very small. I, I would say that it's like that kind of feeling. I mean, the SV was kind of small for me too, the SV650. But I've written, I written that quite a bit. I own one as well uh, prior and I sold it. It's kind of small for me as well, just because I'm a big guy, but it wasn't that big of a problem, I guess. To put things in perspective, that was my bike also, the S50. So we had it at the same time, and I felt like I was getting on a super monster. It was huge. I can tiptoe or I can flat foot one side while he's on there, flat foot. <laughs> super, it, looks like, it looks very small when he rides it, and it's huge when I ride it. So other than being able to like put both feet on the ground, what, what are some other like biggest challenges that you have as a vertically challenged rider? Probably moving the bike around like front, like when it's not on, like I, uh, you know, before when I had my first bike, if I needed to, I don't know, kind of finagle it into a parking spot or out of a parking spot, I would just duck walk, but I can't do that when I'm on a taller bike. So so that was something that I had, I learned a trick for as well, which was just hopping off to one side and leaning it against my hip and pulling it on the handlebars that way. So that was another thing that it just, it wasn't intuitive, but it just meant I time to turn to YouTube and I found some videos that helped me. Cherry B, thank you so much. <laughs> that was her video. Yeah. That was one of the early tricks. Uh, Yan taught me. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It's a good one. It is. It's helpful in parking lots. Yes. Yeah. I know. I know. Farida always like complain about how heavy the bikes are when she's pulling it around. So do you, do you have like similar like there are bikes that are really heavy for me, but like generally I feel like they're relatively easy to push around. Yeah, yeah. Bragging about his male strength. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. Every time, every it's always a struggle. <laughs> Even my own bike. But I, I, it's doable. I could do it. It's just I, I'm not like whipping it around very easily. Mm -hmm. I think probably what I can think of right now, the hardest bike for me to do that on was the Royal Enfield Himalayan. It's not that heavy, but it, it's it's one of the tallest bikes I've ever ridden. So I guess maybe the weight is up high. So maybe that's why that took a lot of like grunting and leaning and and leaning far back and dragging with with my whole body instead of just my arms. That's a super heavy bike. It for, is? For, for what it is. I think it's like close to, I think it's like close to 400 pounds, but it's got like maybe like 20 some horsepower. Yeah. It was, yeah. It, I was getting really impatient with that throttle when I had it for a few days. Yeah. It was, I was like, okay, I'm glad I finally rode it. I, I popped my Himalayan cherry that I've like yearned for, for years, but I'm, I'm ready for my bike again. <laughs> So you review bikes? 
That's what I've started doing lately this year. So I, I do have some older content reviewing bikes. In 2017, when I was looking for my second bike, I was just test riding a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why I, I had reviewed so many in that year. Um, but now I'm just reviewing them because it's just fun. I just I love knowing about bikes and especially if I'm if I'm doing this full time now, I, I want to know as, as much as possible about about the industry and the, the bikes that are in the market. It makes me feel good about myself knowing more about bikes. <laughs> awesome. And do you like have an angle when you're reviewing bikes? Is it specifically for what works for you or in general, you're reviewing them against each other or what like? So far, I've mostly done like each video is kind of a, a one off and maybe I might reference a few bikes before. I do towards the end of the year want to talk about all the bikes I've test ridden once I have and, and kind of compare them to each other. But right now I, I try to show it how, how I handle it just so anyone else that's a short rider can get some tips. Just because I realized that my, like when I, whenever I would look for bikes, bike reviews, I would all, my favorite, favorite like bike reviewer was, uh, is Chase on Two Wheels. I didn't even think about, oh wait, he's a guy that's much taller than me. He, if he's struggling with height or weight, it like I would, but he won't. I didn't realize that for years. So I thought, uh. Let me let me make this in the perspective of someone with not a lot of upper body strength and and that's shorter and um, so I try to kind of talk about how those things work for me with with each bike. That's awesome. Something I was thinking about: Did you ever have to get a narrower seat to help give you more? Um, I didn't. I, I guess I could have. Probably if I did not make motorcycle content and I was not uh, and I did not want to make videos reviewing bikes and. I, I probably would have. I, I'm, I may have actually kept my bike lowered and I may have even made it fit to myself just because I, I, I don't want to get used to a bike that's easier to ride with those little tweaks. I, I want to keep, if my bike's a little complicated, I want to keep it that way just so that whenever I do get on bigger bikes, it's not a struggle. I'm not, I'm all, it's not something new. Awesome. Yeah. When you lower it, you, it doesn't turn nearly as well as I had heard about like, yeah, I could, you could potentially be changing the ergonomics of the bike. And, and I also thought, and also like, um, at the time I had been considering doing more track. I've just done one track day. It's not something I got addicted on. Um, but I do know that if you bump up a class, your, your bikes, like they don't want you to have a lowered bike. And, uh, but I also thought, am I, am I ever going to get my knee down? Am I ever going to be that far? I, I don't know. <laughs> so I thought back then, at least that I, it was okay to have it lowered when I did. What about gear doodle? How was that changing initially? Cause I feel like female gear and short. Yeah, I guess so. I just in the fact that I didn't know what to get, like, I, I guess it would be kind of like if a, a guy needs to go out shopping and buy a dress for yeah he and he's like well I've I've never gone shopping for dresses I don't know what fits me <laughs> I don't know what brands are gonna fit me or anything like that so I I think that was part of it it did it did seem to take me a while before I found brands that fit but I think I think I have a good system now I have a good long list of, of good fitting gear but I think it did take a while I don't know if it's because I'm short shorter or because i'm newer uh because i was newer to riding and female options were limited they're slowly getting better 
Yeah, I, I think the the market's kind of comparable to how many how many like women make up the market. Like we're like at least in the US, we're twenty five percent of riders or so. Like uh, online stores, I, I kind of noticed this the same a similar ratio. Like when you say like men's parentheses eighty three, and then it'll if you're like looking at jackets, and then women parentheses twenty three. Um, is that what you were talking about, or is that not what you were talking about at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, okay. just, uh, because there, you know, there are fewer relatively female writers, so our options are limited. There aren't that many, you know, as you said, twenty-three jackets versus eighty some. You know, we need more ladies out riding and buying. That's why. Absolutely, absolutely. What do you ride, Frida? SV six fifty. Oh, okay. oh, nice. That's what you got. So you were on right now. So that's not Yun's anymore. No, so that's mine. He had one. Mine was black. His was um, he sold his. I under, I misunderstood that. I thought for some reason you all had the same bike. And you're yeah, we're good. All that much. <laughs> <laughs> you share a podcast. Share bikes. I don't know. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that makes way much more sense. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I typically have like two to three bikes that I. I ride right now. I have a DR650, and then also a. Uh, I also custom build bikes, so I built a uh, a 78 BMW R80. I I haven't posted anything on my Instagram. I'm just kind of what? like whatever. I was just about to go look on the Break the Cycles Instagram and see if it was on there. Yeah, I didn't post. I didn't, I posted when I bought it, but I didn't post it. It's finished. It's been finished for like two years. But I, I ride it. I ride it daily. So that's that's the that's the one bike I have, and then the other one's the DR. And I just sold the SV like two months ago. Cool. I, I have a question for you actually about your monster. I, I know we talked about it like briefly a, a little bit ago, but does did your monster have a the the clutch cover that's glass so you can like see the the clutch plate? You mean the uh, the wet clutch? The wet clutch. Do you know what I'm talking about? Are we talking about dry or wet clutch? Because the monsters, some of the years come, the 800 comes with wet clutch, and you can get a clear cover that you can see it go. Most of the Ducatis will, especially the earlier ones, will be dry clutch, which is completely clear, and you can see a rattle. But that that's the popular thing, is the, the it's the dry clutch with the clear cover that you can see. Yes, it. that clear cover. I saw I saw that on a, on someone's bike in one of the classes I was taking, and I thought that was the coolest thing I ever seen. I had no idea that existed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is cool. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna it say it's so not cool. cool. It was so cool. <laughs> but actually, that that's actually a very good um, a short person bike. The the 2005 ish, 2004, five, six monster, like the 620, the 800, and the 900. They are very short. I, I, if I remember correctly, the the inseam is like twenty nine. The C height is like twenty nine. It, it it was it was very uh, short person friendly bike. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's like one of the shortest seat heights I've heard of in in that CC range. So, you have any big trips planned? Any any uh, moto aspirations in your future? I do want to do some long distance trips on my bike. Probably the longest I've ever done was like four hours. So 
Uh, I'm scared to tell you because um, what if I don't end up doing it and then I'm gonna look like a damn fool. <laughs> but uh, but I'll just tell you anyways. So I'd love to ride down to Florida. That's where my family is, um, and they live actually pretty close to some some other YouTubers I know. Um, Shade Tree Surgeon, Flip Nosh, Shaylisi. They're all like in the same town that my my mom lives in. Where are you? So the the listener have some reference to where going to Florida. I am in Georgia, so not the part of the strip, but I'd like that to do that so I could visit them and ride my bike and then also visit Blockhead. And I'd love to also do another road trip going up north and visit more YouTubers (laughs) like Lolly and her two wheels. So I'd love to do that. But right now, this summer, what I'm uh, kind of my my main thing right now is uh, reviewing bikes for short riders and uh, most importantly, um, completing uh, a riding at night challenge and also riding in the rain challenge. What's the riding at night challenge? Oh, it's I just made it up. Oh. <laughs> but <laughs> okay, actually, Doodle, why don't you tell the listeners? Because I follow her YouTube, um, her Instagram and YouTube. But so she she creates her own challenges. Like I'm going to commute to work and back for 30 days nonstop in whatever the weather is. Or so now it sounds like you just put yourself up for two new challenges. I did. And uh, Frida's making me sound way more badass than I am. Um, <laughs> my my computing challenge, it, w- it wasn't nonstop. I was just like, whatever I feel like it. If I'm tired, I won't ride. If it's raining and dark, I won't ride. <laughs> so my 21 days of commuting. And bring it over. No, there was, a lot, there was a lot put into that challenge. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thanks for, for believing in me. But uh, yeah, my, my 21 day challenge took about two months. <laughs> Same thing with the the rain riding and the night riding challenge. Um, kind of basically the same thing with co- when I made myself commute was uh, I have this fear in this kind of riding and I'm not doing it. Uh, and then I find that I'm, I, I end up not riding a lot. So I, I want to uh, get over this fear, but also not just emotionally get over the fear, also just come up with systems to make night riding and rain riding safe so that I'm... Uh, I can emotionally do it and also logically. So, so yeah, so I just made myself, um, I just finished the night riding challenge actually. Like I forgot to post that, that this week, um, but I'm going to post the video this Friday on it. Uh, and then I had to break the 21 days and make it 15. Cause uh, <laughs> well, you'll, you'll find out on Friday, I guess. <laughs> With rain, um, I have a deadline for that too. So hopefully I can get 21 days between now and August 6th. I'm only on day, like, what am I? Day day number four. Yeah, day number four. I've only gotten four rain rides. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to catch a summer rain. It's like it never rains when I am when I want it to and when I'm ready to go for a ride. <laughs> sometimes sometimes it's rained, like, right in the middle of a meeting. Like, our, uh, the last podcast I did, I it was raining, and I'm like, oh, damn it, I need to go out and ride in that. And then when the podcast was over, it stopped raining. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Stupid summer rains. <laughs> They're so quick. So what tips do you have for riding in the rain? The rain, I have a few, but again, I'm only on day four. Right. So, so far, my tips for it are gear. That's what I've been working on with the, those few days. So I do know that a, a mesh jacket with wa- a waterproof liner underneath um, is not enough. Like, I, I don't like that. I don't, because then it just feels wet and heavy, even if you're underneath that jacket you're dry and uh i forgot about leather your summer if you wear summer leather gloves i forgot about the stains so my hands were all black because they got wet from the leather leather gloves 
I guess I guess I don't really have many tips other than other right now other than wear waterproof gear it works <laughs> like, like, two, like a two-piece suit on the outside um I just I also got a one-piece suit so I'm gonna see if one's better than the other or not I don't know but I was waiting for you to mention that one there your banana suit <laughs> oh my gosh I am so excited about it it's I look like a highlighter I love it <laughs> it is it is pure yellow like not not from 100% yellow the the one-piece suit it's uh it was my dream for this my dream my vision for this written challenge <laughs> to look like a banana in the night challenge were you afraid of writing at night or were you just like uncomfortable so you kind of made yourself write both uh, afraid and uncomfortable and I, I, I I'm very data driven so I did know that your risks of riding or getting an accident at night and in the rain just go up dramatically. Um, so that was part of it. And um, also, I, I, I guess I, I, I'm not comfortable even driving at night very much because I never, I, I guess I'm such a homebody. I don't leave much. <laughs> I don't get out of the house much at night. Um, and I, I go to bed early. And <laughs> so, yes, but it was something I was really uncomfortable doing. And uh, when I was commuting to work over the winter, it would be dark on my rides home. So I would, I would stop riding my bike because I didn't want to ride home in Atlanta traffic in the dark. But then I, but then before I knew it, at least during the winter, there were weeks when I, when I didn't ride. And I'm like, I can't live like this. I didn't want to make myself do something unsafe. So I figured if I learned to learn to do it as safely as possible, then I and get comfortable with it and practice it in like a, a safe strategic setting, then I won't be as, as worried about it. Although I'm, I, I don't work my office job anymore, but oh well, <laughs> I still want to. I still want to know how to make myself as safe and visible as possible at night. And so that was the thing: visible. You added more. Yeah. So that was one of the things I did was for night riding was I wanted to be visible. Um, so I added. Um, I got a high vis vest. I I got a light, a helmet light that like flashes whenever I use like slow down and and break which i thought was really cool i bought, bought like runner's lights off of amazon and i clipped them onto my boots and gloves mm -hmm. um my gloves thinking like for hand signals and uh i got a light kit for my bike so my bike lights up now um <laughs> i could i could be on the set of fast and furious now um oh and i oh and i found out about glasses so i need glasses to drive at night so but i it kind of the idea of wearing having like glass by my eye while riding really freaks me out i know a lot of people do it but i guess I, i'm just, i'm a little traumatized because one of my friends got in an accident where with glasses and a piece of glass got lodged into her skull um and i thought that could have been her eye and again i know that's just one person that's not like a a big data number for you but that really freaked me out and i know i know i could do contacts but that freaks me out too like touching my eyeballs i don't want to do that um, but somebody told me about shatterproof glasses. So I, so I ordered some, uh, uh, they haven't arrived yet, but, um, I ordered some of those. So that was another thing I wanted to implement for night riding. That's awesome. I'm really excited about them. I hope that they fit in the helmet. That was one thing I thought, I was like, uh Oh, the, the frames, they don't have a lot of options, but we'll see. But yeah, basically the, the whole goal with that was to just make myself do it, learn how to do it well and safely. And I love that. You quit your full-time job, your office job, and now you're a full-time motorcycle influencer, YouTuber? Yeah, who knew? How weird is that? That is 
<laughs> Hello, mom. I don't just ride a motorcycle. So what happened? Like you, I know one of the videos you said something about it was just taking too much time. You were spending 40 hours a month, I believe, editing content. Yeah, I had calculated, um, not editing, but I, I kind of just, it's really satisfying me to know how long every little activity takes me. I just, I, I got in the habit as a freelancer. And so I've just kept it with anything work related. And so I knew that about 40 hours a month is what it took me to run my chan my, my content and my channel between editing, um, making posts the ba and all the back end stuff. So when I first quit my job and they countered for me to go part-time, giving me a week off every month, I thought, perfect. That's exactly what I need. Right, 40 hours. Yes. 40 hours. I thought I have 40 hours and I still have the mornings and evenings at before and after work and my lunch break. So I'll, I'll have a bit more time. But then what I did not anticipate at all was this year companies starting reaching out. About three months into the year, I had already used half of my PTO to, uh, part of it was to do a trip with Indian motorcycles. Um, some of it was uh, just to finish up content in time. And, uh, and I had about six brand deals in the works and at the end of one of those week offs, um, I mean, I, I had worked that whole week, both weekends from like almost as soon as I got up in the morning to the late in the evening. And I had on my agenda planner and I was trying to plan the next, the next like coming month. And I realized I literally ran out of time. I did not have enough time to do all, all, all the work or all the content I had planned in addition to what I was discussing with other companies. So at that point, I decided I, I can't keep doing both. I got to pick one or the other. So I picked con motorcycle content. That's awesome. Good choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really glad I did. I'm like, it, I was terrified. I'm like, oh, uh, can I do this? I don't, I, am I just trending for like a month and then everything's going to like disappear? <laughs> it is. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but now I'm, I'm really glad I did it and, and think, you know, what? I, I, I definitely could have done it sooner. <laughs> but uh, oh, well. There's a time for everything, so. And that's awesome. Yeah, that's just really thinking outside the box, I guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I just got desperate and snapped. <laughs> Glad I found you online, and I am uh, really excited and happy that you came and joined us today. Thank you for having me. Seriously, thank you for coming. And I know your time. <laughs> I saw the videos. I know how busy you are, so we do appreciate your time. And we cool. thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to Break the Cycles. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button and join us next time on Break the Cycles.